Hello and welcome to Unrivaled Experts, where we get the best of the best to share their insider secrets so you can get a shortcut to a better business and a better life. I'm Chris Gunkel, and joining us today is George Steffen. And George has a ton of knowledge. I'm excited to learn from him today. But he started out his career at global branding and advertising agencies, working with the big dogs like Pepsi. Unilever, Frito-Lay, Mars, among others. So big companies like that. And it was that experience that helped him learn the value of having a unique brand promise to help brands stand out from the crowd. And he's still helping those larger brands succeed through his branding and digital marketing company called Stefan Partners. But he's also launched a personal branding and social selling company called Watermelon Social because he looked at those big brands and said, hey, why can't the little guys have this as well, have this great branding behind them? So today, George is here to talk to us about all things personal branding. George, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate it. So George, I gave just a quick overview about what you're doing and who you're doing it for. But can you just give us a little background as to how Watermelon Social came to be? What problem were you trying to solve with this company? Yeah, so thank you. Watermelon Social is about four years old and um, it is a company that's part of Stefan Partners, which is the parent, which is a corporate branding digital marketing company. Four years ago, I said to myself, well, why don't we do this for leaders of companies? Most of the business that um, companies get um, are through their uh, leader networks. So I said, okay, let's do this for leaders, uh, top sellers, and along the way, pro athletes. And what we're doing is um, we're optimizing their online presence through personal branding. We're creating taught leadership content for them, and we're pushing that out via LinkedIn, email marketing, and digital PR to their respective professional networks. That creates engagement, conversations, leads, and sales. So we started that four years ago, uh, and I would say about 100 clients later, we're still doing it. We started with individuals, uh, then we went to teams, then we went to full corporate engagements, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Watermelon Social, uh, the name, um, is designed to break through the clutter, and it uh, communicates um, sharing, which is what we do for the leaders that we represent. So when we're talking about this type of branding, we're not talking about branding for the company. We're talking about branding for the individual. And why is that important? What's the big win that we get from having a strong personal brand? Well, um, in the old days, um, you used to work your Rolodex, which was a, uh, a paper thing. And um, what we're doing really is putting that on steroids. And most of most big business uh, comes through the professional networks of the leaders of the organization. So it's really important to have a personal brand these days that's strong and, and clear with a clear brand promise because 
when um, someone in your network or out of your network um, hears about you, the first thing they do is they go online and they look at you. And a lot of times that is on LinkedIn, which is the largest business platform in the world. And it's very important that you have a strong personal brand there, both in terms of uh, imagery and words. And, um, you know, we make sure that online presence is strong. And then it's also a platform for outreach, which we do via LinkedIn, email marketing, and digital uh, public relations. So whether somebody's reaching out to you or you're doing outreach, kind of targeting people, either way, they're going to start looking you up, right? They're going to Google you. They're going to land on LinkedIn. What are those things that will trigger people to want to work with you when they land on your profile or when they find stuff? Like what what are those things that we want them to find to say, okay, I want to work with this person? Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, let's say if it's LinkedIn, um, if you search me or I search you, Chris, one of the first search results is your LinkedIn profile. So what you want to do first and foremost is have a brand promise. And what we mean by that is to have a promise that your peers either cannot make or have not made, uh, something that helps you stand out from the crowd so that you're not just another you know, podcast host, I'm not just another branding content guy, but we're very special. So for um, George Stephan and Watermelon Social, our brand promises that we build business in a personal and connected way. So the first thing you want is good visuals, which means, uh, you know, great picture of yourself, um, background visuals, and uh, solid brand promise that, um, again, takes you out of the crowd. I have a friend, Seth Godin, who wrote a book called Purple Cow. Uh, You want to be the purple cow in the field of brown cows. That's where they start. And if they get engaged based on the promise, then they go further. And uh, in combination with them coming to you, you going to them, you start uh, engaging. And then um, that leads to sales. So finding that key differentiator, what's going to make you stand out from the market? Well, that's, that's, that's important. And the way we do it for our clients, and again, those people are um, you know, business leaders, um, top sellers, pro athletes, is we do due diligence. We, look, uh, we have an in-depth branding uh, session with them to figure out what is it, in fact, that makes them special. We look at their competition, and then we look at where the opportunity is based on who they are, based on what competition is saying, and we create a brand promise from that uh, early work. And I feel like that's the real key, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're talking about with those foundational steps, kind of looking, looking inward, and saying, okay, what makes me special? What am I good at? What can, what is it that I can do that others can't replicate? And then looking at the competition and saying, where are the holes in the market? You know, what, what's what's a niche that I can fill, or what's a need that I can fill in a unique way? I feel like that's really the key 
that a lot of people miss. Am I right? Is, is that the thing that most people just say, hey, I'm, I'm selling this thing and I'm going to sell it to whoever can buy it, but it's it's very disconnected and not targeted. Is that what you find typically? Yeah, yeah totally, Chris. Um, most, um, most companies, most leaders uh, from you know, startups to mid-market to large companies do not have distinct brand promises. Um, yeah, they have logos, they have nice websites, uh, they have good social media platforms, but they're not on message with a single brand promise that differentiates them from competition. So we start there before we put anything down, whether it be LinkedIn profile, website, um, other social media platforms, email marketing, etc. We generate content once we have the brand promise, and that's critical. And most folks, including very, very successful people, we only work with uh, C-suite level people, have not done that. They've been successful regardless, and we take them to the next level. Yeah, at some point, you're going to kind of plateau, and you're not going to be able to, to really you know, shoot up in your career and, and reach that next level without identifying what it is. And, and doing this foundational work is giving you that roadmap for, roadmap for everything moving forward. Is that right? Yeah, as, that's exactly right. I mean, so we, we practice what we preach when uh, Watermelon Social launched about four years ago. Uh, we've been sticking to our brand promise, building business in a more personal and connected way. So everything that we do from website to social media to email marketing to now digital PR is really grounded in that promise. And uh, we move out from there. So if you could give us a tip, if, if let's say I'm a, a financial advisor or, you know, something else like that, some other profession that seems like kind of a commodity thing, like one financial advisor is the same as any other financial advisor is, is, is mo- what most people think of, right? Like, how are you different than anybody else? So if I'm that person, I'm a financial advisor what are some things that I can look at with myself to differentiate myself from the market? Do you have any exercises that I should do or any research that I should do in order to find that key differentiator? Yeah. Uh, well, again, we, we do a, um, a branding uh, discussion guide and a branding session where we dig deep into your business life to find out, what it is, in fact, that makes you different and better. And in this case, say finance as a financial advisor. I mean, most financial advisors are going to say they're you're going to help you invest and make money. Well, okay, uh, lots of financial advisors say that, but that really doesn't differentiate you from the um, from the rest. We try to figure out what it is that does, and uh, it's there. Um, and we only get it through lots of conversations and lots of um, due diligence in terms of competitive review. Um, it's really the homework uh, that makes it happen, Chris. You can't just, you know, <clears throat> meet somebody, take a look at their website and their um, social media presence, and try to figure out very quickly what the brand promises. Yeah, and it can be a messy process getting there. It takes takes a lot of downtime, a lot of thinking, kind of deep work in order to uncover these things. And 
tell tell me if I'm saying the right thing, but my my thought is a lot of people think that that they're going to miss out if they go too narrow. If they focus in too much on something to get that key differentiator, well now now I'm leaving all these other people out that I could sell to. Is that something you run into a lot and how do you tackle that? How can you put our minds at ease with cutting out a chunk of the market? Yes, uh, good uh, observation, Chris. Um, most uh, people, particularly senior people, um, don't want to miss out on a segment of the market. So um, the way I uh, refer to it is they want to be all things to all people. And that's a, a, a terrible mistake. Um, it's better to find your spot and go at it and go at it hard and be consistent. Uh, it's very bad to try to please everybody because you're never going to be able to do that. Uh, you really want to pick a target, identify a promise, uh, back it with a story and go after it with content to really uh, make that work. The tendency is for people, particularly senior people who usually get their way, uh, to want to be a lot of things at once. And that's really bad branding. And that usually doesn't get engagement leads and sales. Yeah, it's that old adage, if, if you try to reach everybody, you reach nobody or something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have a, um, a private equity client and the, um, the founding partner is um, former uh, partner at Endeavor, the uh, ginormous talent agency. And after talking with him, uh, he is a... Um, He's a white space guy, and uh, his promise after diving deep, and this is for private equity, and this promise works in terms of raising funds for their um, investments and attracting portfolio companies, is um, turning ideas into growth. Um, Drew is that kind of guy. So uh, he can uh, meet with people. He can listen to them. And he can figure out how to raise money, how to attract portfolio companies. That's what makes him special. Now, when you think about a family partner of a private equity company, it's a little surprising to hear that his promise is turning ideas into growth. But that's what we found when we spent a lot of time with Drew and figured out where his uh, core was. And... Um, that's the kind of magic that happens when you spend time, deep time with, with a client. And that's what we do at Watermelon Social. Most professional people have not done this, either internally or externally. And it turns out, um, Chris, it, it's a lot of fun for them. It's, um, I'm not going to call it branding therapy, but we do put them on the couch. I have to be very careful about this. And... Uh, <laughs> They, they, they do, a, with us, a very deep dive into their uh, business life. And we figure out what makes them tick, what they can promise, and then we put it out there and we follow it with content. And you mentioned before, so we, we do some of that, that introspective work. We research our competitors. We come up with our brand promise. And you said to back it with a story 
and then put content out there. Can you explain to us what you mean by backing it with a story? Yeah, so if I say for this particular client that um, his promise is turning ideas into growth, well, we need to support that. So we support that with a story. And um, again, this is, uh, this is a guy who runs a, um, a really pretty hot private equity company. So the beginning of his story and the support for his brand promise is this. If you want to launch, scale, or monetize your business, you want Drew in the room. He's a self-described white space guy. The guy that not only looks forward, but looks around to come up with fresh ideas to grow your business. So there's more to that, Chris, but that comes out of conversations with Drew and it comes out of reviewing what his peers are saying and what his competitors company-wise are saying. And most of the time what's interesting is they're not saying anything. They're just saying, okay, so here's what we got um, by me. And uh, we don't work that way. Yeah, and it's so much easier to connect. As, as humans, we like to connect with those stories. So having a little bit of a story there gives us some perspective. It gives us some understanding as to what somebody is all about. Yes, at the highest levels uh, of sales, um, people generally, it's not a company-to-company sale. It's a person-to-person sale. And usually it's at the leader level um, that really takes a um, not only a promise, but uh, usually a network connection and, um, you know, great content and great support in terms of the capabilities of his or her company. Um, So we really believe that um, high value sales are not business to business, but person to person. That's what makes personal branding very important. Yeah, people want to connect with another person, not just a big, nameless, faceless company, right? They want that that personal connection, someone they can trust. Yes, absolutely. And um, one of the key things is once we get the branding done, once we figure out what the content is, is we primarily push it to your professional network. And these are people that know and trust you, at minimum have awareness these are people that are more likely to engage than, say, blasting something out to the general public. Uh, so part of what makes Watermelon Social work is not, I think, good branding, good content, but pushing it to professional networks uh, via LinkedIn, via email marketing. And we broaden the, um, the universe by now taking it out to targeted digital PR and targeted being the key. I think there rather than just a big megaphone and anybody who can hear it, (laughs) just really trying to to zero in on, on those right people to get the best results. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In the case of the private equity um, family partner targeted with PR would mean going out to podcasts, going out to journals, going out to TV that has a uh, investor audience, has a portfolio audience, not general media. 
Um, and uh, we find that uh, that takes us and makes us bigger than just the professional networks. But most of the business for our clients and for Watermelon Social comes through our network connections. And, and I love your approach to things too, really getting down to the nitty gritty of, okay, who, who am I? Who am I best serving? Who's that ideal client? And letting that information inform everything else that you do, whether, you know, it's ads or PR or, or, or what have you, whatever the outreach is, the content marketing. Um, love that approach. Now, that being said, you're working a lot with C-suite executives. You're working with sales teams, even some athletes. Who, who should be? Who should be using a personal brand? Who should be developing that personal brand? Well, just those folks that you talked about. I mean, but they generally don't have the experience to do it. They generally don't have staff to do it. Um, and it's very difficult to think about yourself objectively. So um, that's where we get our business. Um, if that's the question, um, you know, they need to see, be with people that have done this before that can look at them objectively, both the good side and the not so good side and figure out, you know, what the, what the branding is, but also figure out um, what, kind, what the story and what content goes with that branding. Uh, generally, it has to be outsourced. And I love what you said there, really getting somebody who can look at you objectively. So kind of getting out of your own way, getting past those stories that we tell ourselves and, and letting somebody else see kind of the unvarnished truth. So that way we can find the best way forward. So I think that's important. It's, you know, same with coaching and anything else in success. It's having somebody else there to help you out. And I think what you just said is, is really important to do that with this process as well. So I love that. What is, when should we start building this personal brand? At what point in our career? At what point uh, is there a level of success where we say, okay, I've reached this point. Now I'm going to get working on my personal brand or is earlier better? Well, most of the time um, we're working with senior people. But that said, um, we have interns from Duke. We have interns from NYU. We have interns from Columbia. Uh, what I found, which is really interesting, is when they are, say, and these are business school kids, when they're juniors or seniors, they do have a social presence, but mostly it's Facebook, it's now TikTok, it's uh, Instagram. Uh, many of them, and these are smart, smart kids, do not have a LinkedIn presence. So it's never too early to start. So at the earliest, I would say, you know, graduates of business schools, uh, need to do it. Our audience is uh, much more senior. Um, I'd say once you're inside of a corporation, um, I'd say middle management and higher. You should pay. You should always pay attention, regardless of who you are. But middle management and higher, in terms of um, um, having an online presence that's going to help grow your business, that's going to help grow your career, is about where you want to start. Okay. So if we start earlier, so let me ask you this. If, if somebody is in their first job out of school, something like that, or just starting their, their startup or what have you, 
do you think having that personal brand in place earlier would accelerate their success, accelerate that career and get them to that middle management or senior level faster? Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, I think that, um, you know, if you're at a, um, say, second job and you're looking for your third and you're in finance or you're in tech or you're in healthcare, and you, you know, the first place that people are going to go when they look at you as a candidate is, uh, is online. And when they search you, as I said earlier, their first result is probably LinkedIn. So you ought to take care of that. Um, you're not going to have the uh, strength that a uh, C-Sweeter is going to have, but your, 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 your social presence, specifically your LinkedIn presence, should be optimized. And if you don't have a personal brand, it should be at least a clean presence. Uh, if you can put together a personal brand with some help, that's great. We've talked to some big universities about helping career centers do this for their graduating classes. And uh, what they do is they make available all the LinkedIn learning platforms to graduates, but we're finding um, directly through the interns that we hire that many of them do not take advantage of that. So I say once you're in your career, it's um, time to start thinking about LinkedIn, optimizing your presence and, um, you know, get ready for, for more. Uh, on watermelonsocial.com, we have a LinkedIn optimization guide. So whoever is listening, if they want some tips, they can go to that. It's in the resource section and that'll get them started. Love it. And that was going to be my next thing because you've given us a lot of great information. I think you've piqued the curiosity of people who maybe feel like they're, they're a little bit behind on this and need to get started. And they're going to be looking for information. So watermelonsocial.com, is that the best place to go and find more information from you and connect with you? Yeah, it is. Uh, watermelonsocial.com. We've got a big resource section. Uh, we have uh, stories. We have clients talking about us. And so just go there and take a look at the site. And if you like, go to the contact page, fill it out, and we'll get back to you. Okay, I love it. And so I'll put those that link up on the show notes page so everybody can get to it. But watermelonsocial.com is where you want to go to learn more from George. He has a lot of great information out there. He's been in this game for a long time and worked with some of the biggest and best brands out there. So he knows what he's talking about. George, again, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thanks for being here and checking out our latest amazing guest. Be sure to head over to unrivaledexperts.com to learn from more incredible experts so you can get a shortcut to living your best life. Mm -hmm.